Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back. This is another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And we are excited to be here with you today. We have another listener question show for you today with all kinds of exciting things from people from all over the country, surprisingly. And uh, we want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens to Thank us. you so much. And and if you can like, subscribe, refer, that'd be awesome. Tell your mm-hmm. friends. I, I, we, we, we think that's how we're growing so fast. Yep. Whereas the folks we are telling so. folks. Yep. So awesome. thank you very much. We appreciate it. We do. Um, so we're going to start off with a question from John in Charlestown, Mass. Um, so it's it's appropriate where uh, it's it's winter and it's cold, and so this is a good question for now. It says, hi, Brendan, Dave, thanks for the advice. I have a Cape-style house and have had issues with ice dams in the past. Insurance has paid for the damage, but I want the problem to stop. What causes ice dams, and what can I do to prevent them? Oh, wow, that's a great question. So first of all, yes, insurance has paid. It's interesting, insurance will pay once, maybe twice, but if the same problem recurs in your home, eventually insurance stops paying, and actually then will drop you, right? So mm-hmm. so there is an obligation that homeowners have to the insurance company to do a certain amount of... they give a little money to just help fix the problem so they wouldn't have to keep paying. Though. Yeah, that's not how it works. No. They, will not, they will not help to improve your house they, beyond they, the value. They're, right, they're not proactive. They're not. And they're I, for, if you're an insurance company, you got to appreciate that, right? Mm-hmm. Their job is not to make your house better. Their job is to protect the house you got, yeah. right? You, as a homeowner, your job is to do what you need to do to maintain it mm-hmm. and, and be proactive about it. So... The short answer is, um, and this is actually especially true and can be problematic in capes, right? Meaning for those parts of, you know, those folks in different parts of the country that um, are not familiar with what a cape style home is, a cape style is the first floor of your house is a conventional floor and the second floor of your house is actually a half a story. So you're actually living up on the roof, right? Mm -hmm. So some people refer to them as a one and a half story home. um, And often the second level of the house has got dormers in it. um, But almost always the second level of the house has what they call knee walls, right? So um, if you're up in the roof, you can envision the roof being a sort of a triangular space. By the time you get out to the outer edges of your house, there's no headroom, right? right. The you rafters come right up. down. And so you put, so the builders put in what they call a knee wall. And those knee walls can be anything from, say, four feet high to eight feet high, right? Mm-hmm. And that sort of creates the boundaries of the space you live in. Mm-hmm. Now, outside the boundary of that space is what they consider typically unconditioned space, right? So when they define the envelope of your house and they put the insulation in, both in the knee wall and along the floor, that creates uh, sort of your envelope. The problem is that there's often inefficiencies in the way the house is insulated that allows uh, heat to migrate up past from, that area. Right, from the first floor into that into that un 
uh, insulated knee right. wall space. Right. And, and, and the other problem that compounds that factor is that almost all older capes are not properly ventilated, mm-hmm. right? So you combine this sort of leaking air, uh, leaking heat that's getting up into the eave space with no ventilation. What you end up getting is parts of the attic that are atypically or undesirably warm, mm-hmm. right? And so what that then does is if you get snow on your roof, you don't get ice damming without snow. You need snow to be ha- to, to, to have that happen. So the snow happens. Uh, and then once the snow happens, the, the warmth coming up through the space will begin to create uh, melting under the snow. And then that happens during the day. And then the evening, almost you know consistently in the Northeast, uh, the temperature drops enough in the evening so that that moisture, that water that was... That was uh, uh, moving under the snow and making its way down to the edge of your roof, that's happening all day all day long, right? As the temperature's a little warmer, maybe the sun's hitting it, but then at night it freezes, right? And as that cycle repeats itself over and over again, each successive layer of water builds up, right? And so you end up with, and it builds up more at the edges of the roof because right. the edges of the roof are the coldest part, right? So the ice dam is actually spelled like a beaver dam, D-A-M. It's not ice dam, but it, <laughs> but it can be ice dam if you have a big enough dam. It can be ice darn. Right. Yes, it can oh, be. That, shoot. Yes. Did I? No. Yes, that was very funny. I think I said worse things. Um, and, and so, the, other, so the, the ice dam occurs because it occurs at the overhang. So let's say in our part of the country, most overhangs are about 12 inches or a foot, mm-hmm. right? And that part of the roof being completely outside the building is it's always, always the cold. coldest, right? Yeah. And so the water is sliding down the roof, sliding down the roof, and it's actually being allowed to slide down the roof by the heat that's been migrating. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it hits the very edge of the roof, the coldest spot, it freezes from liquid to solid. Mm-hmm. And then as it keeps on doing that, you it's just, just layered. It's like, up. yeah, right. like, is it a stalagmite or stalactite that's, that comes down oh, from the top? Oh, God, don't ask me that. Yeah. I can never remember. But it's like that. Yeah. And over time, it just keeps on growing. Um, and, uh, and, and there's the challenge. And if it builds up enough, um, you'll get to a place where it actually begins to retain water, mm-hmm. right? And our shingles and our roofing system is designed not to retain standing water. Mm-hmm. It's, design, it's designed to shed moving water. Mm-hmm. All roofing, not all. Unless you have a rubber roof on your house, which a cape would not have, it's designed to shed moving water. So um, the, the best way you can, you can solve the ice dam problem or you can mitigate the ice dam problem by having an energy expert come out to your home, assess what's going on in the house, and then propose uh, insulation and air sealing solutions. Air sealing being the biggest part of that. If you don't do a good job air sealing, you're wasting your time. So air seal, uh, lots of insulation, and that will go a long, long way to mitigating your ice damming problems. So there you go. John, thank you for that good question. Can I throw one more thing in there? Yeah. All right. If, John, you happen to be in a place, sorry, if you happen to be in a place where you're thinking about re-roofing your house, the next thing you need to do is when you go to re-roof, you, at the very edge of the roof, you do not one layer of what they call ice and water shield or or self-sealing uh, membrane. You want to do two layers. So. Almost, how high up do you um, want to go? So that's, that would be six feet, a little less than six feet because there's an overlap. But almost every contractor is going to recommend that you put that material on. They they As a default, they'll go with the first three feet. Um, we now like to go with the first six feet of that material mm-hmm. so that even if you do have – sometimes, by the way, no matter what you do for insulation and air sealing, if the conditions of a particular winter in terms of snow buildup and then cooling temperatures and warming temperatures, if you have the right combination – Ice stamps are going to happen no matter, no matter what. what, and right. you can't, you stop, can't them. stop them. Um, however, you can allow, you can design the roof 
on the outside, the roofing material, to uh, not allow the water to penetrate so you don't have water cascading down your ceiling. Right. right? Okay. Okay. So thanks. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like that in that, in that two-part way. <laughs> I really like that. Sorry about that. I no, just realized. No, it's okay. Um, so our next question, it actually refers back to um, another podcast that we just did. We had a listener question asking about aging in place. And, um, and this question came up uh, about curbless showers. So here's the question. It's from Jeanette in Durham, North Carolina. It says, I'm planning a master bathroom model and would like a handicap accessible shower, no curb. Um, I've heard these are very expensive, though. What are the advantages and disadvantages? How much extra will it cost me to get one? So a curbless shower, like it sounds, is there's no, there's no break from the floor of the bathroom to the floor of the shower. There's, you know, there's a, a slope in the shower so that the water runs down the drain, but there's no, you know, like that four inch high step that you have to go over from one space to the other. Um, so obviously the advantages are if you're aging in place or you want something that's handicap accessible, or you just like the look of it, because it frankly, it's cleaner, it's nicer looking, um, it's it's a nicer look. Uh, you know, the downside is, is it requires some reframing, and it can be very expensive if you're doing a custom uh, curbless shower, which means if you have an unusual shape, or it can be sort of moderate if you have, you know, kind of a standard size shower, like a three by four, four by four, um, you know, three by five, something like that. So there are products available and I will let Dave jump in here because he was just talking about um, one of these products with me yesterday. Yes, exactly. So that's, yeah, this is a pro, kind of prophetic, this question. So mm-hmm. um, we, but before I do that, the other, another alternative, right? So we want to try to make sure as we're, as we're giving listeners information, we're trying to help you out on multiple price points and not just to say, okay, to solve your problem, you have to go to the top end of the price range. That's not, that's not the case. You, there are actually pre-made um, curbless showers that have like ramps and they're made out of fiberglass or mm-hmm. acrylic. Yep. Um, and they actually even come with grab bars built into them and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so there are solutions that your remodeling contractor or designer can work with that at don't the require end of the price. Point. Yeah. Yep. And they're at the, they're, the units themselves are actually expensive relative to most fiberglass because they are built in with the ramp and they, they have usually a tip down seat or they usually have grab bars and they're a little heavier gauge product. But lower end of the price range, but still less expensive, lower, higher end of the price range for acrylic work, but still less expensive than custom tile. Right. Okay. Now, to answer your question about um, the uh, the way you can go about a curbless, so there's a lot of different ways to make that happen. But today, there's some technology and material available to allow you to use a curb, to build a curbless shower in your home. And it's not, it is more labor than a standard shower, but it is not as much labor as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So it used to be back in the day when we would go about this process, we would have clients who traveled extensively in Europe and stayed in hotels that had curbless showers. And they said, hey, you know, they'd come home and they'd say, I, I want that in my master bath. That's great. The way we had to go about doing that was actually reframing mm-hmm. some of the floor, right? So we would have to have to, let's say the floor was built with two by tens and those are nine and a quarter inches tall, the joists, the floor joists. Um, we would actually have to cut out pieces of the two by tens uh, and in in order to do that, we actually have to then strengthen them, right? So we would cover them up with plywood on either side, glue them and screw them together, and then remove some of that material um, to allow us to have a recess to allow us to then pour a concrete base and have that concrete base end up being on the same plane as the existing floor. And to that, have a slope, right? And so to have like a slope. You, you, step, you step in and it right. has to slope down. It can't obviously right. all be at the same level as the floor because then all the water runs out onto your bathroom floor. Right. And that is sort of by definition is a ton of work. Mm-hmm. So there's a manufacturer we do a lot of work with 
uh, called Schluter. And I just like saying that name. Schluter. Schluter. Right. I, you kind of want to, I don't know, just Schluter. Like, what, yeah. what kind of name is that? It's so embarrassing. I'm going with German. I, I don't know, but it's just, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, and but it works, right? It, so it work, I, I can't forget it. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and so my apologies, folks. My wife's a little <laughs> different. I'm so different. Um, and so, <laughs> would you please? Uh, and so, so Schluter products. Like word, they like, have, like Marmaduke. I always like that word, too. Thank you very much. She's actually really intelligent. You just can't always tell. Um, and uh, and so, so the Schluter product, they make a, a variety of materials all designed for tile installation and many of which are specifically geared towards showers, right? So they make sort of pre-pitched shower pans that are super thin and still have enough pitch to them uh, that you can have it if you all you need to do in this case is actually take the plywood that's there and suppress it down in between the joists, which is actually not nearly as much work as what I had previously described. So you suppress the plywood down between the joists, and that gets you if your plywood is three quarters of an inch thick, your your um, subfloor that gets you three quarters of an inch, and that's all it needs, mm-hmm. right? And then. There's a design solution that allows you to use a certain material, their their Curdy board, or their, I'm sorry, their Detramat. Uh, you put the Detramat on the floor and you use their shower pan in the shower area. And where those two meet, there's a waterproofing membrane that goes over it. And so then when you tile the shower and you tile the floor and they all blend together, um, it's a really slick solution. Right, it can't leak out from the shower into the bathroom. Floor, well, and, right? well, even if it did leak out from the shower, you now have a waterproof bathroom area like as well. Membrane, right? Not to the point where obviously you want meaningful amounts of standing water in the bathroom, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. don't. But Yeah, but just, you know, a, a few footprints of water, the, right. the drip off the towel kind right, of Right, exactly. Right. That kind it's of stuff covered. is no problem. And so so it's a very slick solution. So the manufacturer is Schluter, and uh, they Schluter. make a <laughs> Beautiful. And they make a, a variety <laughs> of products uh, that, uh, that work great. And uh, however, uh, it can be a DIY product or uh, project, but... The truth of the matter is Schluter offers a lot of training. In fact, we just had a couple of folks come back from Schluter training, and they um, there's a technical side to this, and getting that part of it right uh, is a pretty big deal. So uh, you want to try to work with a tile installer who has experience and who's preferably been uh, through some of the training from the manufacturer. Um, and when that happens, then you can end up with a nice waterproof shower that you don't have to worry about down the road. Right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jeanette, for that question. We really appreciate it. And we have a sponsor. And I want to just say that's really exciting for us because for a long time we were just doing this, you know, in the in the echo chamber. But now we found out that people actually listen. And because people actually listen, um, we actually have a sponsor. So how it, cool is that? It's totally cool. But anyway, we're very excited about our sponsor because um, they do financing for renovation projects. And the interesting thing is... Um, you know, more banks are starting to do this now, but I know when we first started out, it was really hard to get a construction loan that worked well for renovation projects. Like you could get a construction loan for a new house yep. and they would loan based on the value of the house when it was built. But if you were doing remodeling, you could get a home equity line, but that would only give you the value of the property as it stands right now. They wouldn't be looking typically at the value that you're um, adding to the property and give you value for that as well. So it really limited how much money you could get financing for. So Renify is working with lenders that know what renovation projects are like and also can loan based on the value of the finished project, not on the value of the home that you have right now. So say if you've got a $350,000 home and you're doing $150,000 of work to it, they can loan based on that $500,000 value, not on the three hundred and fifty. Right. So you have a little bit more money um, in it based on the finished value. And they've been working with 
thousands of customers across the country and have a really good track record. So we're very excited that they are our um, sponsor. And we hope you'll go to renofi.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com and check them out. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. Okay, so here we have a question from Jean in Waterford, Connecticut. Hi, Jean. Um, I have a fan light in my shower that is incredibly loud, and I hate it. But I know I should be using it to get rid of the moisture. What should I replace it with that will be quieter? Uh-huh. So this is an awesome question. And actually, you know, we just replaced our fan lights in our bathroom for the same reason. One of our bathrooms is just like like a like a freight train running through every time you turn it on and it was just terrible to listen to we're sick of it so so we replaced it with uh, a better one so let's talk about sones s-o-n-e-s that's good spelling there thank you very much um so sones is a measure of sound um how loud something is so if you go and you start looking at replacement fan lights for your bathroom Say if this is if you want it to be a DIY project, you probably can, but you probably actually want to hire somebody to do this for you, either a handyman or an electrician. Um, if you go pick one out, what you want is one with the lowest zones possible. The lower the zones, the more expensive the fan, but it is worth it. Well, so let me moderate that a little bit. I agree with you 100%. The only caveat is. Um, you also, one of the things that we experienced, and I, I, this was no surprise because we do this for a living, our, when we replaced our, our fan, which was noisy and ineffective, it was an 80 cubic feet per minute fan, mm-hmm. right? So that's the, other, that's the other way fans are rated is what they call CFM or cubic feet per minute. And that's, for a lack of a better term, how many basketballs worth of air it exhausts in a minute, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So 80 cubic feet of, of air a minute. Now, we switched that out to fans, a quieter fan that moved more air, which is a little bit of a... Uh, sort of contradiction, right? Mm-hmm. Because as you get fans that move more air, that more air they're often louder. a little louder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but the better fans can move more air and actually be quieter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, we switched from 80 CFM to 130 CFM. And, and what happened? And dropped the, the zones in half. So not only do we drop the zones in half, now um, it does a dramatically better job yep. at removing moisture from the yep. bathroom. I have to say, when you took a shower in that bathroom before, when you got out, even if the loud, terrible fan was on, there was fog on the mirror. Exactly. And now, no fog and and very little sound. Right. So really a nice change. So so these are just off-the-shelf things. We went Home Depot and bought a, bought a new-tone fan. It wasn't, you know, we weren't special to buy. Correct. It was a very basic, easily accessible product. Can I take this one a little further? Yes, please. Okay, so so that's the easy kind of in-and-out sort of... You're going to talk of, about our favorite product. Oh, I am going to talk about yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. I should be get sponsored by that product, right? You really right? should. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, so... Hey, if you guys are listening... Fantech. We're looking for more sponsors. <laughs> Um, so, but we're currently we're not paid by these folks. So this is actually just a heartfelt endorsement. Mm-hmm. I'm not being bought, although I can be bought, probably couldn't I? Absolutely. Yeah. You're, so you're cheap. <laughs> isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, and uh, and so the other alternative is you move away from sort of the box fan that you plug up into your ceiling, 
where you see the trim and the light and the fan right there. And the motor's right there behind the trim. Yeah, and the motor's right over your head, and the motor's actually right above the ceiling plane, right? And the motor's technic, in most cases, the motor, if it's a second floor, the motor's up in the attic, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so you move away from that to what's considered a remote fan solution, right? So a remote fan solution is, and and I happen to use, we've used a manufacturer called Fantech for years. There are other companies that do the same thing, Mm -hmm. but effectively the remote fan is a blower unit that you mount up in the attic on framing. Let's say, you know, you could actually screw it to the rafters, Mm -hmm. right? So it's actually not even sitting on the ceiling over your space. Mm -hmm. So you don't get the vibration, you don't get the noise. You can even put it a little further away. And then you take a hose and connect that fan to how one or more right. exhaust ports, yeah, right? multiple right? intake ports, mm-hmm. I should say, right? And so, so the the vents are usually uh, four inch vents that you uh, would drill into the ceiling of your bathroom. And let's say you have a bathroom that also has a toilet in it. Obviously, it's most of, most. Of, I'm sorry, shower that has a toilet in it as well. No, you don't you have could... a shower with a toilet in it. That would be weird. But if you have a bathroom with a shower <laughs> so, and a toilet, is that how it's going to be? I'm just saying. I think our listeners are saying. Now people are thrown off. They're saying like, oh my God. have a toilet in their shower. I'm saying that would be efficient, but no, we've never done it. So that's how it's going to go. Yeah, totally. So date night is going to be rough today. I can tell you that. It's going to be awesome. Are you kidding me? The rough date night. So um, anyway. You can, if you have that, you can actually now do two diffusers. So instead of just putting your your remote fan in and then having one location, you can have two. So when the fan comes on, it's exhausting the shower and it's exhausting the area over the toilet, which means it does a better job. At and when more... we say exhausting, we mean it's taking the air out. It's not making it tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I can't help myself. It's not even going to go with that. <laughs> not even going to justify that. So, people, I'm terribly sorry. So, you know those thousands of listeners we've been having? Gone. Done. They're not gone. gone. They stick around for me. And Are you so, kidding me? Anyway, those two, those two diffusers will do a great job at, uh, at taking care of odor and moisture at the same time. And those fans almost exclusively, just at the ba- even at the lowest level, move more air than just about any of the in-ceiling yeah. fans, right? And this is what they sound like. Can you hear that? Because I bet you can't. It sounds like nothing. Right. No, you can hear the air moving. Actually, you really just hear the air moving. You don't hear the fan. And the last piece, this is the icing or the frosting on the top of cake here, right, is, and this is something I really like to do. uh, It's especially awesome in a kid's bathroom is if you put the bathroom fan on a motion sensing switch, no one has to ever think about it. And because it's so quiet, it's never an annoyance, right? So yes, obviously that does mean that when you walk in the bathroom, you go brush your teeth, it came on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means when you walk in and take a shower, it came on without you thinking about it. And when you do anything else in there, it came on without you thinking about it. And you can set the duration. So it, it, it can come on and stay for 10 minutes, run for 10 minutes, bring in fresh air into the bathroom and you're done. You never think about it. You maintain a, actually kind of a healthier environment in the bathroom mm-hmm. and you dramatically reduce the likelihood of mold and mildew in the bathroom. Yeah, right. And you think about mold and mildew building up in your shower or, you know, like anywhere, right, in the in the bathroom. Right. It always gets nasty if you're not – and kids are especially bad. They don't want to turn that vent on, especially if you're a teenager. They want a sauna. They want the sauna to be the whole bathroom. Right. And that is just ripe for mold growth. And now, now, speaking the problem with of that mold is, growth – Let me just one more thing. I, I do appreciate the fact that when I make that recommendation – 
if you switch gears and go to that style, it does leave you with a hole in the ceiling you have to patch. When you take the old one out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to patch the hole, which is completely true. A bit of a hassle, but and the, you will, the, and you do have to like if you do have a fan light, you will have to do a separate light. Correct. It's not. It doesn't have a correct. light in it. It's a fan. It's like a whole separate unit. Correct. So it's a little bit of a thing, but the net gain is huge. It is huge. So I want to point one thing out. Uh, we're getting the we're getting the signal to start to wrap it up, but this is a really <laughs> important thing, especially for you DIYers. Do not vent your bathroom fan awesome. to your attic space. It needs to go outside. Outside is very important. It right. needs to vent to the outside. Now, why is this important? So the number of times I've gone up into clients' attics to find that the builder had put bathroom vent fans in a couple of bathrooms and then just laid the tube, the hose, that exhausts the bathroom fan, just laid it on top of the insulation. Or sometimes they didn't even do that. They covered the insulation with it, and then it's blowing steamy water or steamy air, pardon me, into the attic space. Unfortunately, what that often creates is a meaningful mold problem in your attic, right? Mm-hmm. Many attics are not ventilated well enough to allow that to dry out properly, and so consequently, you get meaningful mold problems. Uh, that's a big deal, and it happens all the time. And sometimes it happens that clients have no idea because who goes in their attic, right? right. If you, unless your attic is readily accessible or a walk-up, most people don't. So that's a great point. Um, properly making making sure that it's properly vented, and oh, by the way. Doing it with an insulated duct is another big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you should be using an insulated duct that would go from your vent fan to your bathroom and then from your vent fan to the out of doors. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, easily accessible. A professional will do it properly. Why the insulated duct? So it reduces condensation problems right. um, and uh, and creates just a better, more efficient way for it to exhaust. So, so rather than that steamy water... Uh, hitting the cold of your attic and immediately condensing, and actually more of it gets out of the house. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's it for today. We are so happy you have joined us today. Uh, I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Thanks for being with us. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to Renify.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.